1: Welcome to Masoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're here weekly to discuss the journey of female food entrepreneurs. We bring these stories of hope and inspiration to all of our food friends out there. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce.
0: And Sarah Masoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center.
1: Sarah Masoni, I feel like I haven't seen you in a lifetime because we had a couple of weeks off. How are you?
0: I'm pretty good. Pretty good.
1: Where are you recording? You look like you're somewhere different.
0: Oh, I'm in my office at the Food Innovation Center.
1: Oh, that's why it looks, it looks a little different. Well, because I cleaned
0: it. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. Yeah, I was like, usually there's stuff all over the walls. (laughs) Yeah, I actually changed my desk to face the window. So you don't have to look at all my stuff. Well, it looks good. I like it. Well, thanks for noticing. (laughs) Hey, you were out traveling last week. You went to Washington? I did. I went to um,
1: Washington. We were outside of Tacoma. So uh, there were some photos I posted from in Tacoma, but we were staying in a town called Federal Way. There's a lake, a lake there called Steel Lake. And so we rented a, you know, Airbnb house that had a dock and we played on the water that is my husband's birthday and that's what he wanted to do because he had childhood memories of going to a lake so he wanted to take our daughter there which is very not him because he's not an outdoor guy he's
0: swimming and everything
1: yeah we like swam in the lake it was the first time my daughter had done that and we had a kayak and we kayaked across the lake to see a funk show that was playing free in the park so it was really nice, pretty fun. Yeah. We had a great time.
0: That's a great summer memory.
1: Yeah. It was really nice. I hadn't really, you know, done that before. So it was super good and it was super good for my daughter. Yeah. Um, I did get an email from you. This is a food related thing about, um, the food innovation center preparing for the fancy food show.
0: Yeah. There's a September show. We've got 10 people that have Follow um, followed up with us. There'll be a phone call tomorrow. We'll all talk about how that's going to happen, but essentially the, um, incubator village, which is where the food innovation center is, will have, uh, little tables for each entrepreneur that participates. So you'll do a formal registration and become a tier one member. And then you have your own table in this special area, right next to the new products pavilion. So it should be pretty Awesome. That's super cool. Well, once
1: you finalize who it is, let's announce it and we can um, tell we people who to go look for at the food show. What I've done that with the Food Innovation Center before. I wanted to go this time, but I'll have to wait for another time. We're going to be um, in San Diego while you're in New York oh, uh, that with my family, nice too, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's my mom's birthday. So we're going out there for that, but I'm excited to hear who's coming. I want
0: to, I want to know the scoop. <laughs> yeah. Once we have it all finalized, we'll definitely announce it and let people know. Sounds good. Is it do you, are you feeling excited about going back to do events like that? I mean, you know, pretty much nobody does social distancing in large crowds like they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. And as I've done a little traveling, people have just pretty much thrown caution to the wind, it seems. So, you know, I'm I'm vaccinated, so I'm not too worried about it, but I understand that you still could get the virus. So Yeah. It's hard to know what to do. I feel like
1: everybody's kind of trying to navigate new things. We're doing that with um, you know, sampling at the markets too. That all feels a little strange to have that just yeah. suddenly like start back up again. So everybody's kind of like, like Uh, I, I guess we could do this, but it feels Uh, weird. (laughs) We we used to do that in our past. Yeah. But I, you know, we're all figuring it out together. So I feel like, um, I think being cautious is always good, but I think, um, you know, trying things too is, is good. So we're just trying to do a mix of both.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything will work out in the end. It always does. Right. Yeah. I hope so. Well, it's not just Sarah and I today. We have a
1: guest patiently waiting for us to stop our jibber jabber. (laughs) Mm Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So we're joined in the studio today with Ann Fisher. She is the owner of Wildfire Elixirs and creates raw apple cider vinegar tonics in Cottage Grove, Oregon. Welcome.
2: Hi, I'm happy to be here.
1: And now I, um, since I just met you a couple minutes ago, am I saying it wrong? Is it Ann or Annie? It's Annie. Okay. Perfect. Annie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I usually ask beforehand, but today I forgot. No worries (laughs) at all. (laughs) Okay. Well, welcome, Annie. We're so glad that you're here today. We want to, uh, make sure to connect our listeners to you. So what's the best way for people to find you on social media?
2: Yeah. So it's easy. It's wildfire elixirs all across the board on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. My uh, website is wildfireelixirs.com. So yeah, perfect. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We will um, tag you and everything and make sure that people can find you easily, but you make it pretty easy to do the same thing across all, all boards. <laughs> yeah. I like it simple. Yeah. So we like to um, walk people through your journey and um, talk about how you got to where you are. So we all kind of choose a different business path. What led you to making Apple Cider Elixirs?
2: Well, um, I've been making fire cider for about 10 years for just myself, for friends and family. Um, But about... Three years ago in 2018, um, when my kids were really small, uh, my boys were one and three years old, I had a long, crazy summer of country fair and weddings and just go, go, go. And my immune system just crashed. And um, I ended up with pneumonia and i was still breastfeeding my 1 year old and um i just you know i couldn't pull myself out of this this sickness and then i got shingles on top of it and i it was a really bad case of shingles and so um this was the sickest i had ever been in my life and so i put together a batch of Fire cider or fire tonic um, with every root and fruit and veggie and mushroom and immune boosting herb that I could possibly get my hands on um, to try to fix myself. Um, I made a gallon batch. I knew I was going to need a lot, and I posted a picture on Facebook. Um, and then the next morning there was like a th- uh, hundred comments on that, on that picture. Um, So all these people wanted to know about it. They wanted to know what was in it. They wanted to know if they could have some. And so um, what ended up happening is I made a five gallon batch. I gathered all the ingredients and equipment to do a big one. Um, And that made about 30, 16 ounce bottles, and it takes about four or five weeks to make. So by the time it was done, um, I had a list of people that had signed up for every bottle. Um, so I made three more five gallon batches and it was the same thing. Just everybody had signed up for these bottles. And so, um, one of those five gallon glass jars ended up breaking in my pantry, And so, um, that was kind of when the light bulb went on and I decided to look for a commercial kitchen and make this my, my job, I guess. So, um, I ended up quitting my job. I was a bartender for 16 years. And when I found a kitchen, I just quit my job and went kind of full force into this, um, this new business. Um, and it was pretty scary, but here I am. So (laughs) that's really cool.
1: Yeah. And Sarah, have you guys met before? haven't met. You haven't met. This is the first time. I didn't know if you were um, part of her getting her um, all the certifications or not.
2: No. I did so, send some things to the Food Innovation uh, Center yeah, there in did. the beginning, just like pH testing, and I make elderberry syrup as well, so I did some bricks and pH oh. on that one. Um, yeah, in the very beginning. So, did I, you come here to the Food Innovation Center? I didn't. Or? I sent it from Eugene, okay. yeah, where I live. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the, we
1: hear this sometimes with our guests that um, you know they're on a journey for their own wellness. And then they end up turning it into a business. When you Mm -hmm. were first making that initial batch of fire cider, did you think that you were going to sell it to people?
2: I did not. Um, when I was first making that initial batch, I was sending a lot of people just instructions on how to make it and where to buy some of these herbs and, um, nobody really wanted to do it themselves. I mean, there's plenty of people out there that make it themselves, but, um, I just, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be doing this then. So, yeah. So I did sell that first batch. I think it was like $20 a bottle or something. Yeah. That's
0: awesome.
1: And when you moved to a commercial kitchen space, was that, um, a big leap for you to go from doing it at home to doing it in a commercial space?
2: It was, but it was such a comfortable space because I went to a shared kitchen where there were other businesses doing their thing and I could ask them anything I needed to know. They were just steps ahead of me or, you know, pretty far ahead of me. And so I had this little community of people who helped me a lot along the way. Yeah. So that's why I drive out to cottage Grove from Eugene, um, just to be with these people and in that space.
1: Are you, you're still in the same space that you started in the shared space?
2: I am. Yeah. It's a good deal. mm -hmm. And, um, it just works really well for me. So, um, and I like to have my, my people that I can count on for information and, and just, Yeah.
1: That's always really nice. When I went from doing it at home to then I went to a shared kitchen. And I mean, the women that I shared the kitchen with became like my lifetime friends. You know, we don't share a space anymore. And actually they both don't even have their businesses. They sold them, but but they still, you know, are my buddies. I um, used to share with Liz who owned um, Portland Creamery, but she sold it to mm-hmm. um, some other cheesemakers. The business still exists. And then I shared with Neha who had masala pop popcorn she sold her business, but it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> they ended yeah. up, you know, um, absorbing it into their other popcorn biz, but, but those, you know, I feel like they'll be part of my life forever, even though we don't share a kitchen space anymore.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They're great people. I love, I love the people that I get to work side by side with. So hot winter, hot sauce, um, shout out to Sean and um, Kim, the woman who runs, it's called the uh, uh, Bohemian Food Hub. Um, Kim Johnson is the woman who runs it and she had sold her business, Real Life Food, um, which actually just, they just kind of shut down recently. So, um, but there's always new new faces and new people and and lots to learn there, so
0: very good. Can you tell us a little bit about what adaptogens are, Annie?
2: Yes, I would love to. They're okay. some of my favorite ingredients. I do like to use some exotic, um, ingredients that I tend to get from mountain rose herbs, um, because a lot of them come from China and India. Um, but adaptogens are, um, they're botanicals that have survived and thrived, in really harsh environments. And so basically they learn how to, um, adapt and we can use their, um, they can lend us their plant chemistry and help us do the same thing and be, um, resilient and deal with stressful situations. Well, and as a mom, um, I think that's why I like to use them so much. Um, I need that. I need that. So,
1: yeah. My husband just um, was listening to a podcast and he mostly listens to horror podcasts. So it's it was surprising that um, adaptogens came up in one of his podcasts because it's <laughs> usually more murder. But <laughs> um, he, so then he started getting really interested in them and was, um, we have a, company at the farmers market that does the I don't know if I'm going to say it right ashwagandha is that how you mm-hmm. say it yeah yeah mm-hmm. they um that's what they grow and then make some tinctures with that so we picked some up at the farmers market because he was like I want to try this adaptogen thing
2: <laughs> it's awesome ashwagandha is my favorite i take it in the morning and i take it at night um And it's just such, it's a, it can balance your cortisol depending on what you need. So they adapt along with your body and the longer you take them, the better they work. So, um, yeah, ashwagandha is my go-to for sure. I'll tell him
1: that, um, that seems like a pretty key piece of information that you take them for a long period of time and they adapt to your body. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So how do you know how much you need? That's what I want to know.
2: Well, for me, it's, it's a lot of intuition. Um, it just, it just depends on the body and, and everything that I make is just really dependent on the individual. You know, for some people, apple cider vinegar is, is not something that they can even handle. Um, but for others, they can take so much of it. Like, My dad cannot drink apple cider vinegar and will not try my fire ciders, Um, but my mom can't live without it. And she drinks a lot every single day. And so it's just really dependent on what you need and what your body is like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some people, I think, too, will just like add it to something else so that it's not so much. Like, you know, um, my husband's mom, Devry, will add, add it to sparkling water. And so it's just like more diluted. Mm-hmm. I tend to like to just get things over with. So I just take like a quick swig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, did, did you get a bottle of this, Sarah? No, she sent it to you. So that's you are oh. you're gonna have to be our guinea pig and explain your experience. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: decide if I should swig it or put it in my water.
2: <clears throat>
0: I would just swig it.
2: Yeah, Same. give it a good shake before you yeah. before you get in there. Oh. Um, I add a lot to my batches. Like I literally, they're almost overflowing. So there's a lot of sediment in there. Um, but like I said, I was a bartender for 16 years. So I just, I pride myself on balancing flavors. Um, you can smell the onion and it's, it's balanced. Which style Sarah are you trying? I'm going to
0: save the CBD tonic for you.
1: Oh yeah. Do it. I want that one. I saw it on the website.
2: Yes. So I'm going to try the fire tonic. So. Cool. And that's my flagship fire cider. Um, That is the very same batch that those are the same ingredients that um, I used in that very first batch that I that I was talking about when I was really sick. So it's got everything. I mean, it's got most of the things you can probably think of as far as botanicals for your immune system, plus um, all kinds of things for detox and digestion and adaptogens for vitality and balance. And so that's kind of the all around, um, it works on all your systems. Yeah. So ecosystem.
0: would somebody drink this whole bottle in a day at 16 ounces? Okay. No,
2: I mean, <laughs> there are, there are people the the dose or the serving size is about a tablespoon. Oh, um, yeah. So when you take a swig, I would do a small one. Yeah. Just a, a sip, like a, a little spoonful. sip. <sighs> it's yeah. like
0: somebody a telling me to my first shot of vodka or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. you'll be
2: fine. <laughs> I mean, you might make a face, but the spice is pretty user-friendly. Um, I mean, I do have people that get it by the growler and drink crazy amounts of it. I'm That's not how I take mine. Um, but... But yeah, it's, it's, it's balanced. It's so tasty. not too scary.
0: No, that went down just fine. So tell me about the artwork on your bottles. It's all very beautiful, but it, it seems like it's the same artwork on each one. And then you're changing the colors for the flavors. Yeah.
2: yeah so <laughs> making my label turned into probably the biggest hump that I had to get over. Um, oh, I really wanted it to be just really, I wanted it to stand out. And I wanted my favorite artist, um, Steven Lopez to do the art for me. So, um, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm thinking these are different plants. Yeah. You've got a passion flower on there. You've got some yarrow, you've got some reishi and then, yeah, the hummingbirds are kind of his, um, uh, he does a lot of hummingbird pieces. Um, I love hummingbirds. Yeah. So, um, I kind of let him run wild, but then I also had my own ideas and it was really interesting to try to collaborate with an artist. Like I didn't want to tell him what to do, but I had something in mind. So anyways, it took a long time. And then, um, I needed to find a graphic artist to put it all together. Um, and my graphic artist Mike Yevin has been instrumental in helping me with all things tech and everything on my website. And um, each time I need a new label, I just have him do the color changes. And so we stick with this art piece and we just um yeah, we shift the color a bit for each blend or each new product.
0: Now I notice you don't have a trademark on your
2: name. I don't, but I am trademarked why don't you have it on there well um the trademark just went through maybe like two months ago and oh, these so labels now are... you can
0: put an r on there actually yes okay yes. great we that's can that's great yeah,
1: yeah, that's I think that's pretty common for most people. We um were the same way and we still don't have it on our stuff because once you pay for all those plates, it's very expensive to do it again. So it's like we mm-hmm. have the trademark, but not ha- don't have it on the on the actual packaging, just everywhere else that's that's printed.
2: Yeah. Yep. Mm. I got quite a few labels to go through I before I change <laughs> that's anything. That's what happened. So. So I want to tell you what I thought about
0: the fire tonic, the fighter. It's almost like drinking spicy milk because it has so much body and texture that you're, you're delivering so much in this liquid, which isn't always the case. I think a lot of times with these sort of, Fire drinks they don't really leave a lot of the texture and body in in the tonic themselves so I really enjoyed that so I want to look forward to drinking the rest of this awesome
2: yes Thank I mean you. as the masks come down and we get back into each other's faces again, I think it's a good time to sip on a little fire cider, especially that one yeah yeah, so yeah
1: it's I think I'm gonna make it part of my routine now that I'm like in the public so much again, cause I really yeah. haven't been at all. And now I am a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've, I've been upping my uh, dose a little bit. My partner drinks a lot more than me. I drink it about twice a day. Um, unless I see reason to drink more, but Yeah. yeah.
1: We're going to take a quick break and I want to um, talk about some of the other things and different flavors that you have so people can get to know your product. So we'll be right back.
0: Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard by providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system because food brings people together. Okay, we're back. Let's hear about some of the ingredients you're using. Are any of those grown
2: locally in Oregon? Some. So um, I wildcraft a little bit of the ingredients, um, but those are usually for my smaller batches. I have a blend out right now called the relief. And it's just a one, five gallon batch. Um, and it's only sold on my website. And so I handpicked the yarrow and the nettles and, um, the, what else, uh, the burdock root that's in there. Um, <laughs> and I put so much nettles that this one's pretty bitter. But um, bitter is good medicine. So um, yeah, we I this year I had planned to uh, use one of my larger garden beds to make a batch that was all local and all grown by me. Um, but we have we have a really bad uh, ground squirrel problem and they oh no. ate everything. <laughs> they ate everything that we had planted except for our tomatoes. So um, so this year we're just growing tomatoes, <laughs> but next year we're going to try again with all the nets and all the, you know, all the kind of humane ways we can I think, think your of. squirrels will be really healthy though,
1: because <laughs> they ate all the seeds of all these wonderful plants that you were going to plant.
2: Oh yeah. They're really healthy. Mm-hmm. They're out yeah. there just, yeah. Loving <laughs> the year it. Of so, the
0: squirrels for your garden.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's <pretty> funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, um, we get some things from local farms when we can, like when horseradish rolls around, um, and our onions come from Camas Swale. Um, but for the near future, we're working on, uh, collaborating with a farm that will, um, that will grow all the things that we can grow here. So,
1: well, and I, I really liked looking at your ingredient page that talked about all the different things that you put in the different, um, ciders. And I, I know what some of them are, but I didn't know what a lot of them were. So can I ask you some questions about some of the things that I was like, what is that? Yes. Yes. So one of them was, um, artichoke leaf that you put that in some things and I didn't know. I've never thought of anything about artichoke leaves. (laughs) Like, you know, you just eat the artichoke. I didn't, I've never thought of putting it into something. What benefits does the artichoke leaf provide?
2: Yeah. So, um, that's actually another, uh, another thing that I've grown myself and it goes into the digest blend, which has a lot of different bitter plants, um, and the artichoke leaf is extremely bitter. So, um, bitters are just really good for, um, producing the enzymes that help with digestion and flushing inflammatory compounds out of, out of your liver. Um, so just really good for, for detoxing and for digestion. Yeah.
1: That's really cool. And I've also never heard of marshmallow root. What is a marshmallow root?
2: So marshmallow root's pretty awesome. It's one of those, um, it's, it's got, I like to use the powder in the digest and it will stick to your intestines in such a way that, that can fill in um, these little tiny gaps that some people call leaky gut um, and help you heal your digestive tract. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. I do see um, people talk about that a lot. Sometimes people that that think maybe they're having a gluten problem, but really it's that they don't have, they have this leaky gut problem instead.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, and gluten can kind of mess with the tight junctions in your your digestive tract. And I I love me some gluten, so I try to (laughs) um, heal as much as I can. Yeah.
0: How did you learn about all of the different adapt- adaptogens and benefits? Did you go to school for that?
2: I actually went to school for geology, um, but I my whole life since I was little, I've just been really inspired by by herbalism and different herbalists like uh, Rosemary Gladstar. Um, when I was really little. I used to have a trunk with all sorts of different herbs and powders and weird things that I'd collected. And so, um, I've just, I've always just been really interested in this stuff. And I just have a huge collection of different books and things, um, that I've learned a lot from, but I got really into adaptogens after I had my first kid. Um, and I dealt with a lot of, uh, postpartum anxiety and just stress and fatigue. And, um, that's when I started collecting different, different books about, about adaptogens and how they can help with those things.
1: Will you tell us about Rosemary Gladstar because you mentioned her on your website. So she's kind of your inspiration, right?
2: Yeah. So, um, hers were some of the first books that I had. And she's the, the grandmother of herbalism who I learned a lot about firesider from. Um, and so I just give her so much credit for this, for this thing that I love so much. Um, she's just such an amazing human and, um, has so much to teach and give. And, um, yeah, I just, I've always been really um, really into everything that she has to teach, to teach us. Yeah. Have you met her? I haven't. No, I haven't met her. Does she cool? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Does she,
0: um, put on work? Send her some of your stuff.
2: I've actually been meaning to send her some of my stuff. I would love to um get her get her reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't you done it? Sarah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do challenge it. you. To do yeah. Sarah
1: um Will always kind of push you to do the things that you talk about doing. <laughs> awesome. so, you know? <laughs> she does that with me all the time. <laughs> um, she's
0: like, "Come on, just do it." Whenever I'm like, cool. "I don't know," <laughs> It'd be cool. If she tried them, and then you could put a quote on your website from her. She yeah, it them. would
2: be super cool. Definitely. And she's a sweetheart. She seems like such a sweetheart. So, I bet she would. I bet she would do that. Yeah.
1: I wanted to hear about the, um, when you look at your website, the first thing that comes up is a coffee alternative that you have. It's called the adapt. Can you tell us about
2: it? Yeah. So this one's all adaptogens. Um, it's got all of my favorites in it. Um, and, and there was a point where I just coffee was not serving me anymore, Um, and I really had to work on, um, some adrenal fatigue that I was experiencing. So cutting out coffee was really hard with two young kids, one that wakes up at like six in the morning every day. Um, so I came up with this coffee. I had tried a bunch of different coffee alternatives and decided to come up with my own and, um, I love it. It's brand new to the website and not that many people have tried it, but I've been drinking it for about eight months. Um, and it went up on the website just maybe a week ago. It's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited about this one. Um, it's, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I add coffee to it but it's a, it's really, it's a really great way to quit coffee or taper down if you want to quit coffee. Um, it's also really nice just to have a nourishing energy tonic, um, that you can have instead of like that second or third cup of coffee that, um, you know, without side effects and won't keep you from sleeping. And
1: well, I think, that's what interested me right away because I drink a lot of coffee. I mm-hmm. always have. And, mm-hmm. but I, and I don't sleep like I sleep very little in my life, which has also been the way that I have lived but I'm realizing now that I might need a little more sleep than what I'm giving myself because I usually mm-hmm. don't sleep more than like four hours at a time. I'll like put my daughter to bed and I'll sleep for two hours and then I'll wake up and then I'll work like all through the night and then I'll go to bed. And I also have an early riser. So then, you know, maybe I'll go to bed at like three and then she gets up around six, 630. So my sleep is broken up into these two chunks, which like, I think probably when I was 20, that was fine. But now I think like I need to have more restful nights. And so, but now I'm like at this weird point where I drink so much coffee and my, I'm just in this system. So I keep thinking, well, maybe I should try something different <laughs> so that mm-hmm. I can just like go to bed early and stay asleep and not well, get up and work. You didn't work on your vacation, did you? I didn't, no. Okay, good. But I didn't change my sleeping pattern. I kept it the same.
2: Yeah, sleep's a really hard one for me too. I feel mm-hmm. like you just explained my life. <laughs> um, so I that that's a battle for me too. Um, so cutting cutting out caffeine or cutting down on caffeine can really help. And I would love to send you a bag of the adapt for you to try. Yeah, so, I want
1: to try it for sure. I like yeah. as soon as I saw it, I was like, I think this is what I need in my life.
2: <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, I love it so much. Um for me, the more adapted that I can get into my body, the better. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like
1: a good way to go. I, I was trying some like different mushroom powders and things, but you know, there's there's certain stuff that I like to just kind of put in the hands of people that have been like doing it or using it where I'll just like try something, like I'll read some article and then I'll be like, Oh, I'll try that. But then I'm like, I don't even know if I'm doing it right. So <laughs> I like, yeah, it. That's I like it. I like it better. Asked. I like it better when someone like has it for me and they're like, yep drink this. I'm like, okay, ready to go. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to try it out. I'm excited. Awesome. And, um, I see that you do some wholesale. So can you tell people, um, where they can find your products, what stores you're in, things like that?
2: Yeah. So, um, like a lot of other business owners, uh, the pandemic was, Slowed things down a little bit, but I did get into market of choice a couple months ago. So we love market of choice that felt huge and it was really exciting. Um, and I'm in about 20 stores total. So mostly little guys, um, like friendly street and Sundance and Capella, um, and then coffee plant roasters and and um we we lost a good amount of the small guys um during the pandemic. So um but we are out there and um yeah we're at five market of choices. So that's great.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. So if people go into say a market of choice or, um, Capella's and they are looking for your product, what section of the store do they find it in?
2: Yeah, we're in the supplement aisle. So next to the, you know, immune boosting things, we should be right there. Yeah.
1: Cool. And it's not in the refrigerated section. It's like on a shelf, right? Well, it
2: shouldn't be. Um, but there are some stores that put it there. Mm -hmm. So I think at the market of choice in Ashland, I think we're in the fridge there. We might also be on the shelf. Um, generally we're on, we're on the shelf. I mean, it's fine to refrigerate it, but, uh, one of the things that makes it special is that you don't have to. So I like to keep it on the shelf. Yeah,
1: that sounds good. We just like to tell people where to go because
0: sometimes it gets a little tricky. (laughs) Definitely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I was wondering if you had to pick out one adaptogen that you couldn't live without, which one would it be?
2: So that's a hard question. It would be between reishi and ashwagandha, but... um, Ooh, I'm going to go with ashwagandha. I think that's my, my top guy. Yeah. Top one. Mm -hmm. And
0: if somebody wanted to just start slowly adding this into their lifestyle, would you suggest that they start with the fire tonic, your original one?
2: Yeah. Uh The fighter is my, my flagship. And that one just has all the bells and whistles. So, um, And I think that, um, you know, as we get into each other's faces again, that that's a good one to, to get a little bit of in your body for sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: So we've talked about that one and we've talked about your, um, coffee alternative and let's talk about what other products you have.
2: Yeah. So we have the digest, um, which is a favorite of mine as well. Uh, it's it's not a classic fire tonic it's um, the only kind of fiery thing in there is the ginger. It's very gingery a lot of raw ginger in there so um, but mostly it's got bitter herbs and then a pretty good amount of raw local honey to balance that that bitter those bitter flavors um, That one's a lot of these products I've just produced um, according to what I needed. Um, and then they, it, it turns out that other people need these things too. So, um, when I was having just kind of digestive issues, that's where the digest came from and, um, other people love that as well. So, um, what else is there? There's the lungs. The lungs is, um, it's got a whole bunch of immune boosting botanicals and then different herbs for lung support and, um, and, uh, roots and things for the respiratory system. So, and then do you do one with elderberry? you mentioned maybe? I do. There's a little bit of elderberry in the fighter and okay. then I make an elderberry syrup, which is kind of. Um, my two main guys in the very beginning were the fighter fire tonic and then elderberry syrup that, um, all the kids in Eugene love and lots of adults too. But, um, I, my children drink those things combined. So the elderberry syrup is, it can be a vehicle to get the fighter into little bodies too. So, um, yeah, the elderberry I don't really sell in stores. It's not um shelf stable. I don't add any sugar or um any anything except for the herbs and the and the honey and the elderberries. So um but I have been thinking about sending it to the Food Innovation Center for some <laughs> for some research to see what I would need to do whether it's uh lemon or apple cider vinegar or yeah. So
0: yeah, probably we'll just see. need to have a pH that's a little bit on the acidic side.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: that's um I I like that you have that um because I always think about elderberry stuff for my daughter, but it seems like most of the times when they have something for kids, they make it into a gummy, which I yeah. always am like could we stop with the candy? already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just want if to, if I'm like looking at natural stuff, you know, for my child, I don't want to give her candy or make her think that it's candy. You know, no. I, I think that, um, having the, something to drink is, is a better idea.
2: <laughs> yeah. My kids love, they love it. And I, and, and same when I go to the store and I see something with sugar that's supposed to like help their immune system that's a big turnoff for me yeah so, yeah
1: um, well I uh, Sarah mentioned that you have a CBD drink she's saving it sure. for me. <laughs> can mm-hmm. you tell it can you tell us about that one?
2: Yeah so actually the lungs and the CBD tonic kind of came to be during the pandemic. Um, I thought, you know, something that was stress relieving that had calming relaxing herbs, but was also good for your immune system. And then the addition of the CBD might couple well with something that could strengthen your lungs and those things just might, you know, make people feel at ease, I suppose. So um, yeah, the CBD is relatively new. It's I'm not selling it at any store. Well, one coffee shop, I'm selling that one at coffee plant roasters. Um, it has yet to go up on my website, uh, just because I don't think our platform allows, uh, CBD products. So we're working on, on a way to circumvent that. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. It has a, um, something called VesaZorb in it, which is, a lipid based delivery system that just makes the CBD a lot more, um, bioavailable. So a lot of the CBD drinks and things out there are just not, not really available for your body. So, um, you really aren't getting a lot of the benefits. So, I really like to make products that you can feel working right away and that are potent and, you know, really do their thing. So that's why I chose a a CBD with this Vessazorb.
1: That's cool. And we have a lot of makers that listen to our show. And so I think that this comes up a lot of what it's like to add a CBD product to your line. So do you think that it was a difficult process to do? Or is it just like adding any other thing to your line?
2: Yeah, so this one is different. Just in that um, <laughs> it's really expensive, so I need to be really careful and and get the um, get the you know the dosage, the measurement, like perfect. And so that was different. And um, it's it's water soluble, so it does mix right in. There's just more um, calculating and measuring and, um, yeah, but, but it turned out great. So, um, so I was, I was really happy with, with the way it turned out and the way it feels. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times
1: then there's specific rules for how you sell it and where you can sell it. right? Right. So if someone's, if someone is thinking about adding something to their line, just know that there's, that becomes part of, um, the process is that sometimes you can sell it to certain places and sometimes you can't. So,
2: yeah, some of my, um, some of the places that I sell at just are not into, into any of those products and, and that's okay. And I'm really not a salesman <laughs> selling things is I love making the things and I love, you know, coming up with these blends and, um, you know, uh, being in the kitchen, but, the sales part is really hard for me. So, and I don't have like a team or like people that work for me. It's pretty much just me. Um, my partner does a lot of my labeling. Um, but other than that, it's just me out there trying to, you know, um, get into stores and sell myself. And that part is really hard for me. It's so, really hard for a it's, lot of people. yeah, it's hard for <laughs> yeah. everybody. I mean, I yeah. think that's how it is
1: for you know for us too. For me and um, it's like I always say that that's my least favorite part. Is like I love to make things. I love to talk to people about things. I love to introduce people to each other and like create all this community love, but I hate to sell stuff. (laughs) I'm not into it at all. I prefer to just give things away. So people I don't even know come to my table all the time. And my husband now is in charge of the money and like taking people's money because I'm notorious for just like giving deals. Like I'm like, and, Mm -hmm. and he, you know, they'll walk away and he'll be like, you didn't even know that person. I'm like,
2: they seemed really nice. (laughs) Uh, Same, 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 same. I'm the worst. the now everybody's worst. gonna come to your table and be nice to you Sarah. they can't they
1: can i'm not in charge of taking people's money anymore dirk does uh, it <laughs> he's, he's got
2: discernment he can see yep. through it i know <laughs> yeah that part's really hard really hard
1: <laughs> but i think also you know a lot of people will end up like hiring someone that is in charge of sales um i've never done that we just you know just my husband and i and then we have a kitchen helper
0: but Someday maybe, but I think you know, even though it's hard to do the money part, you, as the founder of your business, you really need to know what's going on with your money.
2: Yeah. 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 I did. I did take a few classes about that. So um, oh, I'm good. trying to get better, <laughs> better at that stuff. It's
0: challenging. Yeah. I think it comes with time too. Or maybe one mistake where you lose a lot of money can kind of help you realize that you need to know what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I right away had a bookkeeper and an accountant to like help me make those decisions just because it's not, you know, I I feel like if I didn't do that, I probably would have found myself making a lot of decisions based on like. My feelings, which isn't a smart way to do it. Well, I mean, you gotta <laughs> keep
0: up on your invoices, and then you gotta mm-hmm. make sure people pay you. And yeah. You need to deposit the checks. And yeah. Match the check up with the invoice, mm-hmm. and there's a whole you know system you gotta kind of make.
2: Yeah. For you. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we really like to encourage people to buy from you directly. So what's the best way for people to do that?
2: Yeah. So just wildfireelixirs.com. I believe all my products are up there. We're waiting on the CBD. So that's, that's coming soon. I'm going to get my um, 64 ounce growlers of the fighter up there. Um, People, people want those. So Yeah. But that's the best way. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And just a final
1: question. Do you have any advice for people that are starting a business or thinking about starting a business?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is never something that I, um, saw myself doing. Um, but if I can do it, I really think that, that anybody can, it just takes passion you know, love the thing that you're doing and it'll be pretty easy. So, and, and don't hesitate to ask people for advice. I just, I just asked so many people like, what is this? What do I, how do I, you know, and I just wasn't afraid to ask for help. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that aspect was huge too, because people love to, you know, give you their knowledge and somebody probably helped them too. So now I have people asking me for advice and stuff and I'm just dying to give all of it. So yeah, ask for help.
1: I think that's really good advice. And I think people, especially in our local community are very into helping others and sharing and helping in any way they can, which is really nice. Well, Annie, it was so good to have you on the show today. I'm glad that you could come on and we could tell people about your business and um, I can't wait to try your products.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'll send you some some goodies. So yeah, (laughs) thank you, Sarah. Thank you.
1: We record Masoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can DM us at our Instagram, Masoni and Marshall. Until next week, thanks for joining us, everybody.
0: Bye. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned Oregon grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisher folk, and ranchers, by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com.